Thank you for tuning in to the Once an Athlete podcast hosted by Emily Watson, Once an Athlete, Always an Athlete. Once an Athlete provides resources and relatable content for athletes that are either competing or no longer competes. This is also a resource for parents of athletes to help know how to support them. Anywhere from how to stay healthy physically and mentally to how to make a career choice, we will provide the support. Our mission is to provide resources and relatable content for athletes who compete or used to compete. Okay, Sarah, so I have that you are a um, you are a retired or maybe you still ride a horse rider. Mm-hmm. Um, so you rode it for Georgia. Yes, correct. Okay. Um, so it was, um, let's see, I guess I started college in 2011. But yeah, University of Georgia. Um, I chose Georgia because I was recruited for the equestrian team. Um, and I feel like at the time it was less known. Now the equestrian stuff is um, more popular. Um, okay. But yeah. So what was your, uh, what was your degree in? Um, I got my degree in sports management. Do you still compete? I do not. So after I graduated in 2016, I actually rode professionally for a farm that was in Georgia. Um, So I was in charge of doing all the professional rides. Um, People would send their horses for training um, or selling too. So we would show them and promote the horses. And then I did a little bit of teaching as well um, during my time there. Teaching the equestrian? Yes. Um, so I would teach uh, anywhere from beginners to advanced. Um, most of my job was taking clients to horse shows and um, training them at the shows, competitions. Shows, competitions, they're kind of interchangeable words. Like we, okay. we usually call them shows in our industry. Okay, and um, I'm just trying to get a little bit of an intro. Um, so, Haley mentioned that you won a lot of events. So, what what kind of events have you won? Um, so, I would say, I mean, we traveled a lot around uh, the U.S. And so, there were, like, some big, like, qualifying horse shows that were always at the end of the year. Um, so, it's, like, the Pennsylvania National Horse Show. Um, the Devon Horse Show, the Washington International Horse Show, uh, Capital Challenge, and um, the National Horse Show that is in Kentucky at the Horse Park now. It used to be in Syracuse. But um, you pretty much work all year to qualify for these year-end horse shows. Um, And to qualify, you have to win to have enough points um, or it's like by your standings um, in the nation. Okay. Um, so I won various things, classes um, throughout those qualifying periods. Um, but I think my largest win was the ASPCA McClay National Championship. And that was at the National Horse Show in Kentucky. Okay, cool. Wait, so you won that one? Yes, I did win oh, that awesome. one. Oh, awesome. And that was in 2011. 
cool. And then um, there were other placings, like top 10 placings and in those other finals, but that was the big one that I won. Um, and there's a lot of history on those um, horse shows. So if you just look up those horse shows, it'll it'll give you like a background kind of of um, what the horse shows stand for and things like that. Okay. One more thing for your intro. Um, do you, so what what are your, like your current like hobbies? Um, you said you have a dog named Bernie. Um, what else? Yeah. Is there. Um, my dog Bernie. He's mm-hmm. a big part of my life. He's a crazy man. I rescued him three years ago. Um, I found him at a barbecue joint. So our oh. family's like big and uh big into rescuing dogs. All of our dogs are rescues or uh-huh. ones that we found on the streets. So he's another one. Um, but I still ride sometimes, not nearly as much as I'd I'd like to. Um, but it's more of a hobby now than anything. Um, and then I really enjoy working out still and just being in the outdoors. Anything outdoors I'm I'm in. Um, do you have like a like a favorite out outdoor activity like hiking, fishing, whatever? Honestly, I just love walking outside. Walk going on long walks with my dog, yes, with friends. I love that. Yeah. Especially when the weather's nice. Honestly it gets too hot in Houston in the summers, yeah. but like this time of year it is perfect. All right, let's uh let's jump right in then. So, when did you start playing sports? Um, let's see. I started riding when I was 6. Um, I got riding lessons for my 6th birthday. Um, my mom grew up riding as well, so it wasn't just like a random thing that made me want to ride. I just um like I had seen pictures of my mom, watched my mom ride growing up and that's kind of how I got into it. Um, I also played soccer and basketball, um, and then I thought about getting into swimming, but never really happened. Swimming and track were two sports that I wanted to get into, but um, never really did. And then it got to a point, I was probably 12, 13, and I had to make a choice uh, between basketball and uh, riding horses because it was just both were so time consuming and a lot of times I had games either basketball games on the weekends and horse shows on the weekends and it was a constant choice that I was having to make between the two so I went yeah. with the horses yeah, agree um, so what so why did you not do swimming and track was it just because your other sports were um, priority um, yeah, I think that just, it didn't really work for my schedule at the time. I mean, riding horses took up a ton of time, um, like after school, every day I was out at the barn, either taking lessons or, um, yeah. just spending time out there, like learning whatever I could. Um, and so there wasn't really much time. I also went to a Montessori school whenever I was, um, in middle school and, um, on, um, and the, there weren't really options for sports like that. Um, the structure of the Montessori school, I don't know, it's probably changed now, but, um, at the time and the school that I was enrolled in did not offer sports like that. So we had to go outside of school to find those. 
Okay, it had to be ex- like really extracurricular. Extracurricular, yeah. Yeah. And like we had swimming, so swimming was an option, um, but it was like through like a different. It was like a separate swim school, and I really enjoyed it. Uh, I just never pursued it. So you you learned how to swim, but you never really competed. Um, yeah, I mean, I was I was on like a swim team, but I didn't compete because. I mean, it, when it came down to it, it was like a choice of okay, well, are you gonna ride or swim? And I was right, like, obviously okay. ride. <laughs> so. Yeah, that makes sense because if, for me, I was also considering swimming and track because mm-hmm. to, because both of them are great like training. Sports. Yes. Um, but I just never really got into it because kind of same thing. Like I just I was focusing so much on actually training for softball that right. I didn't really do it. Um, so how did growing up in Oklahoma affect your sport? Um, so there's a, there's a bunch of different disciplines, like, within the equestrian sport. Um, and I was English, and I rode hunter jumpers, which was not very common in Oklahoma. Like, in Oklahoma, it's a lot of western riding, rainers, barrel racing, roping, that kind of stuff. Um, so my options for like traveling show barns were pretty limited. Um, and the options for competitions like in a, that were close radius to Oklahoma is also limited. Like it's a lot of Florida, um, where else? Florida, I guess Virginia, Texas, um, are big like hubs for horse shows. Mm-hmm. So um, there was a lot of traveling um, that had to be done in order to compete at the level that I was competing at. Um, yeah, I was lucky. I found I had incredible trainers. Like they're still in business, still training like top um, equestrians in our industry now. Um, but at the time, it was not very common. Yeah, because I don't. Then I, I, yeah, I don't know anything about that, so that's good to know. Yeah, yeah. So Oklahoma. Um, I mean, there's a couple barns that are pretty big on the circuit now. Um, but like when I was growing up, like it was kind of a new thing that like hunter jumper riders were coming out of Oklahoma, or that was a place that you could ride and compete at that level. Um, it's just not nearly as common as like the Texas, the the Florida's, New York, New Jersey. Um, and I'm not really sure why. I think it's just because it's oversaturated with the Western style of riding. What was the um, the recruiting process like for that to go to Georgia? Uh, so at a lot of the horse shows, there would be um, like a recruiter or a coach that was at the horse shows, just kind of like scouting out who was winning those like top classes, um, what age group they were in, like if they they were even eligible to be recruited at the time. Um, and I I think I was like twelve when I received my first um, letter from Baylor. Actually, um, they didn't realize like how young I was at the time, but I um, was kind of taking my divisions by storm making a name for myself at a young age um and so i had interest from colleges um starting 
from 12 on until they started to realize I was very young, <laughs> not ready to start looking at colleges. Yeah. Well, it's crazy. Like some co- sometimes coaches are aware that they're that you're 12 years old, and they just want to be the first one to tell you. Yeah. Like, true. Yeah. True. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Baylor was the first one to reach out to me. Um, That's exciting to like at such a young age, um, like get a really good like Division One private school interest. That's that's pretty yeah. cool. It was cool. And, like, at the time, I was like, I don't even know what this means. Like, I didn't even know yeah. that riding in college was possible. Um, oh. I think that was, like, really when it had started. Um, I honestly don't know when the equestrian sport was put into the NCAA. Um, but uh, I know that it was pretty new at that time, which would have been, what, 15 years ago? Okay, so when you got that letter, it's when you realized that it was possible to to do it in college. Yes, okay. correct. Cool. Yeah. So, what does a typical week of training look like? Um. Okay. Well, I did online high school when I was in high school because I was spending literally my waking hours to five, six, seven p.m. at the barn. Um, I would usually have a lesson or two that was like guided by my trainer. Um, it was sometimes on my own horse. Uh, most of the time it was on other people's horses. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was what you call a working student. So I was like an assistant, a non-professional assistant to my trainers, if that makes sense. So I would do a lot of the, the barn work. Um, which would be sometimes grooming horses, cleaning stalls, tacking up horses, um, just helping out my trainer in whatever way possible. Um, And then I would ride anywhere from five to 20 horses in a day, just like as training. Um, I, when I was younger, I worked with a personal trainer too. So I would do my workouts usually in the mornings. Um, And really, like, a lot of the workouts for equestrians is, like, core strength and, um, like, strengthening your outer hips, I guess, outside of your hips because um, we focus so much on our inner thighs for balance and things like that. Um, And then yoga and, like, Pilates are so great for equestrians. Yeah, because you probably um, really need that flexibility. Yes, for sure. Um, so I I didn't train, like, with a personal trainer every day, but I did train, like, with the horses every day. Okay. Um, it was rare that I had a day off from being at the barn. I I definitely, like, have heard that, like, it it's – your success is mainly on, like, the person who's riding the horse, not the horse. So, like – yeah. What it, can you explain kind of like how that is? Like I don't know anything about that. So maybe yeah. explain a little bit of that. Okay. Yeah. Um it's it is hard to explain because a lot of people like you're just like, Oh, like you're on an animal, like the animal knows what they're doing, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, which sometimes that is the case. Like there are horses that are very well trained and you basically just point and shoot when you get on. <laughs> yeah. Um, and there's not much actual training that needs to be done. Um, but horses are very sensitive 
and intuitive creatures. And um, I feel like you're constantly learning, learning the horses, learn, like all of them have different personalities, all of them have different sensitivities. Um, and it's just learning to be adaptable and being able to read the horse's reactions. Um, and I think that is a lot of it. I mean, obviously you have to have natural athletic ability and like things like that, but um, it is a lot of the connection that you form with the, with the horses. Yeah. And like learning different, different training techniques for different horses. Like it's not a one size fits all, which um, I think is different from other sports where um, like, you know, you know what kind of training you need to do um, or what muscles you need to strengthen or what rehab you need to do for whatever um, sport you're in. And there's research and science that can back it. And I mean, it's, there's the same research and science that can back the training for the horses, but they are individuals and maybe one training technique doesn't work for one of the horses, but another one does. Um, so how the um, collegiate, like equestrian, uh, like our meets, how they're structured. Um, so you each, um, like someone from each team, like say Georgia was playing South Carolina, um, I would be matched against Emily and um, we would each draw the same horse. And then it's whoever is able to manage that horse, ride that horse better and get a higher score is the team that is awarded a point. Does that make sense? Yes. Is that how it is with every every yes. meet? Or, okay. Not every meet. Not every meet, just in college. Because, okay. Um, which is, it's very different because the equestrian sport is very much an individual sport. Okay. And trying to make it a team sport in college, that was the best way that they could um, make it be a team sport. Oh, that's really cool. I, I Yeah like that yeah yeah so it's all on your um riding ability and it has nothing to do with the horse in college do you feel like you would have done a different degree if you weren't a student athlete oh honestly i don't think so um i started out as like business um a business major and i realized that the finance classes and accounting classes were really just not it for me. I didn't, I didn't see um, how I wanted to like pursue that. Um, I still had to take those like intro classes in sports management, but I've always just loved all sports, all aspects yeah. of sport. So I think I, I would have ended up going that route regardless of if I was a student athlete or not. Um, how did your sport, um, like, how did writing competitively shape who you are today? Hmm. Well, I think, so I did online high school as a kid. Um, and for all of my high school, just because I was traveling so much, it wasn't, I couldn't make it work with a traditional school, tr traditional high school. 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think I had to mature pretty quickly um, because I was traveling. I was not with my parents a lot of the time. Like, um, I think that was a huge part, a huge role that um, my sport played for me. Yeah. Um, and then I think just learning that when you put your mind to something and really put in the work behind it, um, I think that anything is possible. Like, and that goes on, like, not just in sport, but even with work um, or, I, I don't know, a hobby. Um, if you put the work in and if you're willing to do that, um, you can make anything happen. Okay, so how does your writing career come to an end? So um, I rode professionally for about two and a half, three years um, after college. And I really was just like feeling burnt out with the sport. And it felt like a chore to me. And I wasn't able to enjoy what I was doing anymore. Um, I was also traveling a lot. Like I would be gone for three, four weeks at a time, sometimes more. Um, I just felt like I wasn't able to have a, a normal life. And I was like craving that at the time. Um, because I had, my whole life was just dedicated to horses and all of that. So, um, I came to a point where I was like, look, I'm, I'm not happy doing this anymore. I need to make a change. Um, and I think that means leaving the horse world, um, behind and going on to start my next chapter in life. Yeah, I totally get that. I yeah. I I was I was craving, you know, weekend time and Yes, weekend that was yeah. my that's the main thing that I cherish the most right now is yeah. I have my weekends. Like <laughs> Yes, me too. Oh gosh, yeah. It and it's hard to you people don't don't get it and until they get it, you know. <laughs> yes. I completely <laughs> understand. <laughs> Yeah, it's like just having a weekend. I'm like, oh my god, this is amazing. Yeah. I still, lo- I still absolutely love, love the sport, and I've been able to get to a place where I want to do it. Like on the weekends, like yeah. sometimes I'll yeah. go ride. Um, we still have some horses here, um, and so I'm able to go do that like when I want to, and that's been really nice. And yeah, that's, that's what's nice about the whole sport too. Is yeah. it's something that you can do professionally and you can also do it as a hobby and it's like a lifelong sport. Like I know there's like softball is not necessarily something that you can play forever, you know? Yeah. So how did you cope with the end of your writing career, like with all that extra free time? Uh, it was hard at first. <laughs> I struggled big time. I moved I so I was in Georgia, I moved to um Texas in Houston because my family was here um, and it just seemed like a easy move since my life was doing a complete 180. Yeah. Um, and I struggled a lot with anxiety, honestly, which I had never really dealt with before. Um, okay. And I think it was because everything was so, everything felt so new to me. Um, I was not nearly as active as I was 
Um, so that was a hard adjustment for me, and I didn't realize how much it affected my mental health. Um, and it took me a good year to really, like, find my stride and, like, feel comfortable out in the the real world, I guess. Um, yeah. But it's hard because your life is completely different. Like, you're not around the same kind of people. You're not talking the same lingo. You're not moving around. You're not as active as you were. Um, so trying to adjust to that and, like, find my new norm and, like, new balance um, definitely took a while. Yeah. And uh, so just, like, figuring out what my my new life was going to be like uh, took a while. So what did you, did you take up any new hobbies? Did you find out anything new about yourself or how did you, what did you do? Like, like, what did you discover? I discovered that I need to be outdoors and that is a huge part of my life that I miss. Um, And so just finding those ways to be outside, um, even though like I wasn't riding, like I needed to. To make that time for myself um and then getting back in the gym too um really helped me um i joined i've been doing i don't know if you've heard of it f45 yes i i love the idea i've never done it but i have a good friend that does that okay yeah so that honestly helped me so so much like having a routine and having a community of people that were like-minded in the sense of um, being athletic and working out and things like that. Yeah, um, but I, yeah, that sense of accomplishment from the workouts too, and it's like similar workouts to what I would do for um, like training and stuff. So yeah, yeah, because love it. I know that F45, it's functional 45-minute training, right? So mm-hmm. um, you, from what I've understood from it, it's like you do like a circuit training for 45 mm-hmm. minutes of like full body workout. Yeah, so they've they've kind of uh, adjusted it. So it's like you focus on either upper or lower or okay. the total body, um, which I like that they kind of split it up like that. But yeah. Um, but yeah, like there's like cardio days, there's lifting days. It's just yeah. like a combination of everything. Yeah, I do. Now that I think about it, I do remember um, my friend saying that there was like a cardio day, but I don't. Yeah, yeah. Which those are my least favorite, but <laughs> <laughs> they would be mine too. <laughs> I get that. Yeah, that's when I'm like, okay, like I don't think I would have lasted as a track athlete. I. Uh, you don't love, don't love oh, the yeah. cardio aspect of my work. I know. If I, uh, I should have mentioned this before. If I did track, I would have done like one of the throwing things. Or throwing, yes, yeah, probably not yeah. the running. <laughs> okay, okay. Um, and okay. So, how did you get into your? Uh, what are you doing? You're you're up at Upright Digital. Okay, you do like marketing. Yes. So, how did how did you get into to that? Um, so whenever I moved here, um, I actually worked for the Houston Texans for a little bit when I moved here because I thought that I was like, oh, my degree is in sport management. Like I want to work in professional sports. Um, I quickly found that I did not want to do that because it's the same schedule as being an athlete. (laughs) You do not have your weekends and you do not have your holidays. 
So I was like, I got to do something different. Um, my dad is in the oil and gas industry, um, and he introduced me uh, just to, like, a few people in the industry. Like, we would go to lunches, um, and I met someone that connected me with my now boss. Um, and so I've been at Upright Digital for almost four years, I guess. Yeah, almost four years. Um, and we're a marketing agency. We are mostly in the oil and gas industry. Um, and we specialize in digital marketing and media. Um, so so how does that um, connect with your sports? I mean, like, do you, are you still involved with sports stuff also? Um, not as much, not really. I mean, just a fan <laughs> and okay. uh, being able to watch sports and, um, yeah, that not, not really. Like my, I don't feel like my degree really has anything to do with what I'm doing now. Um, which I feel like that it's so common. Like people are like, I have this degree, but it's not what I'm actually doing. <laughs> yeah, I feel like it's way more, like, especially for athletes, I feel like I see that a lot. Yeah, it's like, kind of, I feel like athletes are so adaptable, too. It's like, we have a large skill set, and we can apply that kind of anywhere we go after. Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's not a direct application, but we have somehow, along the way, done something that can relate to what we're doing in the, the workforce. Yeah. And how is writing now, like casually, how is it different than in college? It is very different. It's a much more relaxed environment. I don't have to worry about doing specific things. Mm-hmm. I'm just kind of go do what I want. If I just want to get on a horse and walk around, I can do that. And it's fun for me. Um, as opposed to always having to, go to, having to go to a practice or teach a lesson or something like that. It's just kind of whatever I want to do. <laughs> yeah. Like you don't have to do like super intense if you don't want to. Yeah. No. If I want to jump a jump on one of my older horses, I'll do it, but I don't have to. And do you do you do that? Uh yeah, occasionally. Like last weekend I went and jumped around on a field, just little jumps, but it was still fun to like kind of tell myself, okay, yeah, like I still do love this and I still can do it and it's enjoyable. Okay, now the last couple of questions um so what advice would you give to someone who's recently done playing a sport hmm i would say i i am like a huge advocate for mental health too now and i think that having a plan and like having someone that can help you work through the feelings that you you have after yeah. you're an athlete. I think that is super important. Um, and then keeping, trying to keep your same activity level, I think, is a, a huge, like, must because it helps so much, like, with the mental health aspect, too. And then just, like, 
you're you don't feel like you're just completely like changing your life you know because you are but (laughs) yeah (laughs) you're still keeping certain aspects of it that make you feel um like you haven't completely left it yeah like kind of like easing your way out of it like yeah but you're but not like but you're never going to be completely out of it like just kind of no like this isn't you're not completely doing it's like assuring yourself that you're still you like yeah, still, yeah, you're still going to be athletic. You're still going to be. You're still an athlete. Active. You're always yeah. an athlete. But yes, you're just once maybe an athlete, not. always an athlete. Yes, <laughs> you're just not at the same level, same. I don't know frequency, I guess. Okay, and then what advice would you give to someone who's currently playing a sport? Um, I think that you should definitely play a sport as long as it is what is making you happy and that's what you want to be doing but I do think that it's important to realize that there is more to life than just your sports um and um I think taking that pressure off of yourself that okay you have to you have to stay in the sport you have to do this like um I think that's kind of an unhealthy way to look at it okay so basically, um, I think you like, should do it as long as you love it. Yes, as long as you love it. But and I think that there's so much more that life has to offer than just doing your sport. And like, if you start to feel like maybe not as fulfilled with your sport, that you should um, have another option. Yeah, it's not the end all be all. Um, I do think that going on and being um, an athlete in college, I think that is an incredible route to go and I think you learn so much um, and you have so much support and so much um, access to uh, resources as an athlete in college and so I think that if that is something that you're able to do I think you should I think like young athletes should pursue that Um, but that is if the sport makes you happy yeah not just because you want to be a collegiate athlete okay thank you so much for your time i really enjoyed our conversation and yeah thank you so much yeah of course thank you so much i really enjoyed talking about everything too yeah me too well have a great weekend and thank you you too thanks bye all right bye Thank you for listening to this podcast. If you enjoyed listening, please follow us on Instagram at Once an Athlete Crew, Facebook at Once an Athlete Crew, TikTok at Once an Athlete, and Spotify at Once an Athlete. And you can visit our website at www.onceanathlete.com.